21 days of prayer and fasting has been completed. Again, I'm believing God to to honor that throughout the year. Um, He's already moving in situations in people's lives as they've shown commitment in that, but we finished that up. Yesterday was the last day for that. Again, I'm thanking God for the touch on my mom that we're seeing in her life um, from going where she couldn't hardly make any sense and walk around to yesterday we were down there. And again, her liver is still the way it is, but she was coherent. She was talking. She got up out of her seat and gave me a big hug when I got there. So I'm just thanking you for the prayers, thanking God for the touch in her life that she seemed like my mom again. So that was nice to see. And I thank God for that. Our men's breakfast was yesterday. Who was there? Yeah, it was delicious. It was good. A great time of fellowship. Again, thank you to our cooks that were here yesterday. Um, It was just a good time to be together. I think we had almost 40 men here yesterday morning, fellowshipping together, eating together, stuffing our faces and laughing and just being there for each other. It was nice. Um, This morning, we're going to look at, I wasn't expecting that. And we're going to be in John chapter 11, but Have you ever had things happen in your life that just knocked you off your spiritual feet? Not just off your feet, but your spiritual feet, and you just said, why, God, did this happen? I wasn't expecting that. We're going to talk about that this morning, John chapter 11, and we'll start in verse 1. In the book of John, it records the story of two sisters, Mary and Martha, who had a significant need. Their brother Lazarus was seriously ill, and in their minds, there was only one way to solve this problem. Again, John chapter 11, this is the story we're going to be looking at this morning. I wasn't expecting that. Everybody with me? All right, John chapter 11. We're going to start in verses 1 through 3. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now, I want to point out a couple things before we get too far into this story and a little bit of context around this um, story, that... At this point in his ministry, Jesus had already performed several miracles and moved in mighty ways, Um, turning the water into wine, casting out demons, multiplying a few loaves of bread and and some fish to feed 5,000. And he had already uh, displayed his supernatural power and healed several people. It's important to know that. He'd already healed, I mean, he'd already shown his power to those that were sick. And second thing here, everyone in this family, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they were on the front lines of his ministry. They were with him, not just uh, in the crowd seeing these things happen. They were part of the ministry. They understood what power and authority he walked in, and they understood the healing that came with that through him. And because of these two truths, Mary and Martha thought, we're close friends with Jesus. He, He heals the six. The, the sick, there's no reason for us to worry. He will heal Lazarus just as he's been healing everybody else. He'll do this for us. We go into verses four through six to see what happens next. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. 
So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Now, pretend this is Lazarus' bed over here. You guys were wondering what it was here for. That's why it's here, all right? And I can imagine him laying here, and I can imagine Mary and Martha next to him. He's very sick, and they're next to him, maybe patting his hand and, and, and just talking to him and, and letting him know that it's all gonna be okay. We've, we've sent word to Jesus, and he's gonna come. He's gonna heal you. We've seen him heal. We've seen him do these things, and we know that he's gonna come and heal you. We've seen it. So just hang in there. But I also imagine as time goes by that maybe they go to the window of the house and look out and, and wonder, where, where is he? And they go back and say, you know, it's okay, he's coming, he's gonna be here, he's gonna be here. We know, we know how powerful he is and we know that we're friends with him and he'll, he'll come through for us. And they go back and check again, where is he? And as, that, as every minute passes by, you have to think in their minds as Lazarus is getting sicker and sicker that they have to wonder, where are you, God? Why aren't you, where are you? Where are you, Jesus? Why haven't you come to heal our brother, your friend? Why aren't you here? And they keep looking out to, to see where he's at. And each passing minute, you have to wonder if their faith starts to dwindle a little bit. I'm gonna to jump to verses 17 through 21 because he never came. Not at their time anyway. In verse 17 through 21 it says, when Jesus finally arrived, it was a somber household. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been given his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. So this situation that, that Jesus walks into, Lazarus had been buried and his sisters had lost all hope and I can just imagine Martha and Mary's reaction as, as the whispers start to come throughout the people around the house. Jesus is here. He's, now he's here. I can imagine what they're thinking. And I want to look again at a couple things that, about Martha in this passage. First, I love her honesty. Have you ever had to be honest with God and just tell him how you're really feeling? I love her honesty in this. And this wasn't, she said, if only you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. This wasn't some fake Christianese kind of thing you hear at a, at a funeral or something. And, and we've all been there. We've all said these things. Oh, they're in a better place now. It was God's will. She was real and she was raw. If you had just been here, you could have healed him. She didn't sugarcoat it. She let him know what she was feeling. And there are times in our lives, and again, this, is, this has happened to me, I've done this, that we need to get real with God and, and speak in honesty. 
He can handle it. When we have those moments in life where we, we were wondering, where were you, God? Where were you? He can handle it when we say, Lord, you could have made things better if you'd just shown up. Where were you? Where were you when I needed you, God? Anybody been there? Where were you when my relationship fell apart? Where were you when I was being abused? Where were you when we couldn't get pregnant and have a child? Where were you when I lost my job? Where were you when I needed you most? Anybody said any of these things? Where were you? And sometimes we have to get real honest with God and just let him know what's going on inside here instead of trying to cover it up. And just let him know. And I'm proud of her for doing that, for pouring out her heart rather than suffering with everything down deep inside there and trying to be spiritual about it. I know I've been that honest with God. I've let him have it sometimes and wondering why things happened the way they happened. The second thing here is the, is the presence of her expectations, of Martha's expectations. Her expectation in her mind was that Jesus was gonna show up and heal their brother and make things right. She had that expectation about Jesus. She, they notified him, you know, he's sick. They sent for him. And they expected him to respond and they expected him to come and make everything better. But he hadn't come. And so they're left with this feeling of disappointment in her own expectations as she was conveying that to him and her grief. And the good thing about this is Jesus recognized the root of her problem. He understood, he understood her pain and he understood her expectation. He understands that for us too. He understands when we go through things what pain we're dealing with and what we expected in our minds to happen. He understands that. And to start off in verse 23, you know, he takes time to help her to let go of those things, but also to trust in him. Verse 23 says, to start off, Jesus told Martha what was about to happen, your brother will rise again. You know, I'm sure as he says this, that she's still dealing with this pain of her, of her own expectations or disappointment, and she probably wasn't able to hear the hope in Jesus' words that he was giving her right then. Verse 24, yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at that last day. But Jesus responds with this in 25 through 27. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. And you catch what Jesus does there. He, he heard her disappointment, but he didn't let her stay there. He had to remind her of who he was and that he was still in control of everything. 
How many times do we need that reminder? When God says to us, I see your pain, I see your hurt, I see your disappointment, but I'm still in control. I'm still in control. And we have to know that he's worthy of our trust. And we get a lot of disappointment when we put our own expectations on how we think God should move in things. We end up with a lot of disappointment because that's not always the way that God has planned for us. We don't understand that sometimes. Even when our circumstances cause us pain, we have to understand that he's still in control. And, and the problem with, that, with staying in that disappointment and our reality continue, continually doesn't line up with our expectations is that can get us in a bad place spiritually. A really bad place spiritually. And again, it's okay to, to wonder, where are you, God? Where, what are you doing in this? But we have to remember that he's the resurrection and the life. The, the, the goal in the end for us as Christians is to make it into heaven. That he's all-powerful, that you know, Jesus bridged that gap between us and God by sacrificing himself on the cross. We have to understand that that's the ultimate goal for us. And sometimes we get selfish with our expectations about how God's supposed to move, and we have to remember in all things, he works for good. Even when we don't understand him. And Jesus pushed Martha to verbalize her belief. Do you believe this, Martha? He's pushing her to this. And to Martha's credit, she responded. She acknowledged Jesus as her Lord, and she did it before, before he brought the miracle into her life. Sometimes we need to refocus on who he is before we see the miracle happen. Or even when we don't see the miracle happen, we have to shift our focus back to where God is in our life and focus on who he is and what the plan is for us. Again, he did this before he brought the miracle into her life. I want to talk about Sarah's mom for a minute. That had passed away and she didn't know I was going to talk about this, but Glenda taught me a lot as she dealt with ovarian cancer and ended up passing away from it. She taught me so much about her faith and faith in God while she dealt with this. Um, hard on the family, of course. Hard on Sarah. We walked through this together. And I remember, and we're talking about keeping your focus on God before you see the miracle. And not losing that, not losing your faith in the midst of a struggle. And I remember her faith never, ever wavered. As she's dying, as she's, you know, still holding on the hope that Jesus would heal her, she never turned her back on God during that time. She might have questioned why is this happening, but she never, ever stopped trusting God. She didn't ever lose her focus while she still expected the miracle. And I remember some things she said at the very end. And, she, and I may not remember it exactly right, but I remember her telling, whether it was Sarah and Melissa or all the kids and Gary, that no matter what happens to me, whether God heals me or whether God doesn't, 
you guys don't stop serving them. And that spoke to me that sitting there that she would say that to them. Don't be mad at God, she said. I still trust him. I still love him. And I don't want you guys to think any different of him if I don't get healed of this cancer. My goodness, what a testimony of shifting her focus off of what Maybe she expected God to do onto who he was and what his plan was for her life. And those of us who follow God need to remember, like Linda, that our faith in Jesus isn't based on our circumstances. It's not. It's not based on what we're going through. Christianity isn't circumstantial. And we have to be careful not to allow our, our limited knowledge in my case, it's a lot. We have to be careful not to let that limited knowledge or, or our expectations of how things are supposed to be to get in the way of our hope for our future with him. Because when we least expect it, Jesus might show up and ask us to roll aside the stone, whatever that is in our life. Verse 39 through 41 says, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible, Jesus responded. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. And I find it you know, interesting that, that Jesus told Martha and Mary to participate in rolling the stone away from Lazarus' grave. He wanted them to do it with their own hands and be a part of the miracle of, of what was about to happen. Inviting them to participate in this. You know, and it's not like Jesus couldn't have just moved it himself and said, be gone, move that stone. He wanted them to be a part of this. He wanted them to understand who he still was in their life, despite what they were going through. Despite, you know, things not turning out how they expected. So this morning, you know, what stone is God asking you to move in your life? What's he saying to you this morning? What leap of faith is he asking you to make so that you can see something you thought was dead come back to life? You know, a lot of times we get in these circumstances, we get in this pain, this frustration, this place spiritually where we stop living. Like we go through something, you know, beforehand we knew what God had planned for our life, we knew what calling he placed on us, we knew how he wanted us to walk out our faith, what he was putting inside of us, and then boom, something we weren't expecting knocks us off our spiritual feet. And instead of understanding that this is part of his plan, we just shut down spiritually. And we end up rolling this stone in front of ourselves. You know, I know you called me to do that, God, but I just can't get over this hurt I have this pain I have. And therefore, I'm just going to sit back, God. And I know, I know my reward is heaven. 
I still believe in you, God, but right now I just can't serve. I just can't do this. And we roll this stone over whatever God's put us in, put, put us in our life, whatever calling he's given us, and we put this stone in front of it, and we just sit there living in a, a physical hell right here on earth while we wait for heaven. And that is not what he's called us to do. When we go through things like that, that is not, and I know it's tough, I've had these things happen in my life, I know it's tough, but he's not calling us to just sit and bury ourselves in whatever it is and stop serving and stop, and stop walking in the life that he has for us. That's not what he wants for us. As we finish up on this story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Verses 43 and 44, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. And I can picture Lazarus st staggering out of, t out of the tomb. And that could have been enough right there for Jesus. You know, we, we use the term mic drop and just, there it is, Mary and Martha, look. Here he is. But he didn't stop at just him walking out. He said, unwrap those grave clothes. Because he wanted every, every little detail about the death side of things to be off of him so he could live. That's the same thing for us. You know, we've, we get this pain, we get this disappointment these grave clothes on us. Maybe it's sorrow, and I just wrote a few things out. Well, we start putting these things on ourselves. Maybe it's grief, and I just can't get past this. Maybe it's some kind of hurt that happened in your life. Maybe it's some guilt, or fear, or shame. And we just start wrapping ourselves in these grave clothes and we're walking around spiritually dead inside because we can't get past the expectation that we had didn't line up with God's. But I'm telling you guys this morning that no matter what you've dealt with in your past, no matter how deep the hurt is, no matter what the struggle is, that you don't have to just sit there, and, and I don't want to use the word wallow, but you don't have to stay in that place of hurting and disappointment when Jesus wants you to live. That he still has a plan for your life, and that you can shake these things off and live like he wants you to live. He wanted him to get rid of those grave clothes so that he could live again. Even in the pain of disappointment, we have to still recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. I still want to serve him. I still need to serve him. I still need him to show up in my life. I still know that he has great plans for me despite this, that I can still live. And a lot of us have this stone and these grave clothes on in our own spiritual lives and we're not living life to the fullest right now. We're okay that we're gonna make it to heaven but we're not walking in everything that God has for us. And he's saying to you this morning, I know you've been hurt. 
I know you've had to deal with things. I know you've questioned, why do I have to deal with this? I wasn't expecting it, God. He knows where you're at. And he wants you to roll away that stone and shake off those grave clothes and start living again. Trust his plan for us. And I walked in in depression and anxiety for, you know, two and a half years. Walked in that. I lost hope. I've walked in broken relationships. I've I've walked through, you know, some of you in here are walking through addictions and and things like that too, and and sin and struggles and hurt and pain and disappointment. We're, We're all in here. We've walked through those things. And and we may be breathing again. We may be breathing, but we're still wrapped up in things of our past and we can't move forward until we shake those things off. So I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to do that in your life. You know, if you're, you're in a place where you've rolled that stone in front of yourself spiritually and you just can't get back to where you were because of what happened, God's ready to move that stone for you. He's ready to roll it away so you can live again. I don't want to stay in a place. You know, if I would have stuck in that depression and, and thoughts of hurting myself, if I would have stayed there, I would have never walked in things that God had for me. All the things I would have missed out on. My wife, my kids, being a youth pastor, just life in general, all the things that God's done in my life and blessed me with and helped me through, I wouldn't have walked in that because I would have been stuck in the same place doing the same thing every day. I had to come to realize that you may have this hurt, you may not understand it, but I've got more for you still. The last slide I have just says that even when our realities don't meet our expectations, Jesus is still greater. Man, if if we could get that in our heads that even when our realities don't meet our, I didn't expect this, but I know you're still greater. I know you still have things for me to walk in spiritually. I know you still have life for me. I know you still have ministry for me. I know you still want me to do things, God. You are greater. If we can get that down in us and not stop when the hard times come, what a testimony. What a testimony for your life and those around you that I'm in it till the end and I'm gonna serve him with everything I am even when I don't understand it. The praise team would come back up. telling you guys this morning, and I know there's people in here that are dealing with this very thing right now. God put a dream inside you at one time and you've rolled a stone over that. He put it inside you and for, for whatever reason, whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever despair, whatever you went through, you've put that stone in front and you're not walking in that dream anymore. You're not walking in that calling anymore. You can't get past the hurt and you've closed yourself off. And this morning, I've got, I've got markers down here. It's a little bit different. I got a bunch of them back here. I'm gonna ask you to do something this morning. This is that stone. This represents whatever in your life you've rolled in front of what God's called you to do spiritually, or maybe you're just stuck spiritually. I know God's got more for me. I need to move the stone. I need to start living again. Then I want you to write whatever it is. For me, I could write lack of confidence. 
in myself. I could write depression. I could write suicidal thoughts. I could write, I'm a failure. All these things that used to hold me back. I could write those on here and confidently roll that stone out of the way today. Because I know, despite all that, God still has purpose for me. So I want you to come up this morning. You guys will stand this morning. This is different. But I believe God wants us to do it. You know, every Sunday we come into church, there's something called the conviction of the Holy Spirit that grabs your heart. There's something that stirs inside of you that says, I need to respond. But you know, also every week people don't do it. They don't respond to it. They just stay where they're at and they neglect what God's tugging on their heart with. And that is so sad. I'm not saying that as a mean thing. I'm saying God, God has more for you. And when he stirs something inside you and says, that's you, that's you, that's you. You've got things that you've rolled this stone in front of and you're not living in what I've called you to do. Go up there and write it down and let's roll that stone away. Let's get those grave clothes off so we can live again. Because as long as I'm breathing, I wanna serve you and do what you call me to do. I don't wanna sit back and just wait for heaven. I wanna do what you've called me to do, God. So as you bow your heads, Father, right now I thank you and I praise you and I worship you. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit is just, just hovering over this place right now, God, and penetrating hearts. God, some people are spiritually right now, God, they can't move past the hurt. They can't move past what happened to them that they weren't expecting, God. They can't get past it right now. And God, I'm praying for a boldness for people to come up and pray, God. Lord, if that's them spiritually, where they're, they're just closed off right now, Lord, I pray they can physically see that stone being rolled away by you. And Father, that they shed those gray clothes of things that have weighed them down and, and they truly live again. God, I know it hurts. I know, I know we go through things in life that hurt and they crush us. But God, we've got to keep our focus on who you are. And God, when our expectations don't line up with what we thought would happen, we have to remember that we have limited knowledge of what you're doing and what your purpose is for us, God. So I, play, I pray right now, Father, that people respond to your calling on their heart. Lord, they come up here and they grab a marker and they write it on there. Whatever they're dealing with, whether it's grief, it's sorrow, it's depression, it's pain, it's hurt, it's addictions, whatever it is, it's sin, that they write that on there, Father. And as we pray that that thing is rolled away and they start to live again in you. And I just praise you, God. And as we worship and sing, if that's you, just, just grab a marker and it may take just a minute but come up here and write that thing on here. And I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask our deacons to come if we have a big response here. That's up to you. I mean, I've walked in this. But if we have a big, you know, the deacons that come up and help, anybody else that can come up and help and pray, speak it out, roll that stone away and start living again. As they sing and worship, let's pray.